Hello and welcome to the new Energy Explainers. I'm Tim Johnson from Johnson Energy Consulting <clears throat> and today we're looking at zero dollar upfront finance options for managers uh, investigating renewable energy options for their organisations or businesses. Uh, and as always, the focus is on Australian organisations and how they can save money. So we're looking to save money. To help me with this, uh, we're very lucky to be joined today by Steph Detrocchio. Uh, she is the Chief Commercial Officer at SmartEase. Steph, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. Very good. Um, let's start at the top and I can ask you perhaps a customer journey. So someone who is an Australian manager, um, how do they arrive at the point where they might want to start thinking about how they're going to finance a, a renewable energy um, project? Well, I think the, the perfect place to start is where the conversation usually comes about. So the catalyst in most instances will be a business owner or somebody who's involved in looking after finances in a business will realise that energy costs are continually going up and, um, you know, looking for a way to, to mitigate those costs over the long term. So in most cases, it will be a business owner or somebody else in a business approaching a solar installer for a quote to see whether they could, A, whether their um, premises are suitable for solar and B, um, give an indication of how much they might be able to save with solar. So that's the first step. Now, as a, a specialist funder, the way we work is with solar installers uh, and uh, it's not just solar. We, we work with um, installers of energy efficiency equipment of all types. Solar is by far and away the most common, but the other types of energy efficiency uh, uh, infrastructure that businesses might look for are things like batteries or EV chargers or heating and cooling. So we work with installers of all of those different types of equipment to be able to offer their customers, so businesses just like who we're speaking to today, um, a $0 upfront option for funding. Um, so your installer will introduce you usually to our payment options. We've got a couple of different options that businesses might choose to use and Businesses will then use a range of different data, bits of information to work out what kind of payment solution would suit their business best. Um, the reasons why um, businesses choose to use a payment solution, first and foremost, these things are quite expensive. So quite often, if you're looking at installing solar, you know, a couple of EV charges and, you know, converting your, your cooling or, or your um, heating in your business, then the, co the upfront cost can often exceed the amount of money that you've got in the bank or set aside for those sorts of projects. So businesses like to have an, an option that means that they can reap the rewards of the energy um, efficiency equipment um, while not straining their capital. Um, mm -hmm. Most In most cases, we say something like typically um, nine out of 10 uh, cases, the, the savings or the, or the position that the business is um, in from day one is cash flow positive. So what that means is um, if they've used a payment solution, um, there'll be zero up front so they don't have to pay anything. SmartEase pays the installer as soon as the equipment's installed and 
over the period, over the term. So um, typically a term might be five to seven years. We have terms that are less and terms that are more, but typically over the course of the term, the amount that the business pays for their repayment plus whatever energy they might draw from the grid, we find that that typically adds up to less than what they were paying before for their energy bill. So for the, for the life of the agreement, it will be cash flow positive. And then obviously once the equipment's paid for or the term of the agreement has ended, um, then Bob's your uncle. All the savings are yours. You don't have any more repayments to make. Um, but yeah. lots of business managers like that scenario because it means that they can present a cash flow positive option to their accountant or their management committee or whoever it is that they're trying to convince to to Im invest in energy efficiency equipment. Yeah, great. I know, I mean, this is a bit tangential, but um, I often, if I'm scrolling through my, my uh, socials, I see ads for zero dollars up front and, and you know the government will pay you to do this and panels are now free and all this sort of stuff and i think the problem with those sort of ads is that they give the impression that zero dollar up front might be a bit dodgy it could be how the hell does this work am i who's actually paying for it is it the government rebating or is am i actually what am i paying so i, I often find myself talking to people about no it's very legitimate and and essentially so, so let me ask you this question which is the one i get is who's really paying for it that's an excellent question and it does sound scammy and it sounds too good to be true, but I love my job because I get to tell people that it's true. You actually yeah. do do get to save money. So who pays for it? That's a great question. Um, number one, the business pays for it. There's no, there's no, we're not hiding anything behind the curtain from the second that the any kind of proposal is done in, that includes finance, uh, the business owner knows from the outset what the monthly commitment is to repay. So short answer is the business owner is paying. They're just paying over time in manageable installments and reaping the rewards of the solar, um, usually to um, pay for those installments. So what they save on power bills often, as I said before, typically pays off whatever the repayment is. There's, there's nothing behind the curtain. It's very, oh. it's like, it's just a simple commercial equation. Um, the other things, uh, you know, there are government rebates. Um, there, there are, uh, you know, schemes. I'm not going to go into them because there are different schemes in every state. They're calculated differently in every state. Um, there are rebates that are available. So I absolutely, uh, you know, that, that could be another answer to the question, who is paying? Well, the government might pay um, a portion of it, depending on where you live and, and what the characteristics of the grant are. Um, the other um, answer is that depending on how it's structured and which financial solution or funding solution you um, decide to adopt, it could end up being an income stream. So there are lots of different ways to structure a funding solution um, to make sure that the business gets the most benefit. But the very short answer to, <laughs> is it a scam? The answer is no. no um, who pays for it? The business owner pays for it just over time. Yeah. Okay. But that's a good segue into um, 
you offer a, i know smarties offers more than one option here there's a there's a couple of different choices um and can you give us an overview of of maybe what those are and the, the top line differences and who they would suit Sure. They fit into two buckets. So the two buckets, and both both are the same in terms of zero up front, no matter which path a business goes down, there is nothing to pay at the beginning of the agreement. The payment occurs over time. Um, but the two main categories are payment plans and a power purchase agreement. So I'll start with a payment plan that's usually a bit easier for people to understand. There are two types of payment plans. So one is a rental agreement and the other one is a chattel mortgage or a loan. So both function in pretty much exactly the same way. The differences between them end up being accounting differences and the way your um, the way that the asset is treated for tax purposes. So in the case of a rental, for the life of the equipment, oh, sorry, for the life of the agreement rather, SmartEase is the equipment owner and the business pays SmartEase a rental option. At the end of that agreement, there is a, um, a balloon, a small balloon payment that uh, the customer can opt to pay and then they we transfer ownership to the business owner. In the case of a chattel mortgage, from the beginning of the loan, the, um, the business will be treated as the owner. And again, most of the variation occurs in the way that your particular um, business circumstances might be suited to one structure or the other. Um, most business owners will have a, a two-minute phone call with their accountant and go, this is what I want to do, X, Y, Z. Is it better for me to set it up as a, a loan or a chattel mortgage or is it better for me to set it up as a rental? Um, accountants will answer that question, as I said, in usually about two minutes because yeah. they know the ins and outs of your business and how you're set up and then you can proceed down that path. Mm -hmm. um, in both cases, there's no ups upfront costs. There's, as I said before, there are fixed monthly payments. So from the initial, from the outset, a business knows um, exactly what the payment is going to be every month. They know for how long the payment, the repayments are going to be. Um, uh, it's a really quick and easy um, application process. So the beauty of our business, the way that we've set it up is that we know that um, installers are out on the road um, and you know, they want to get to the, the business of installing stuff. So we've created an online platform, which means that customers can apply for their finance in about four minutes online. And if the energy efficiency equipment um, is under $150,000, we can do the whole thing without financials. So we've, we can do credit checks, run them in the back end, um, make sure that the um, uh, the business owners put in all the details that we asked for. doesn't take very long. It's very quick, um, quick form. And then they'll know within four minutes whether they're pre-approved for finance and they can proceed yeah. with um, ordering their solar. Um, what else should I tell you? So competitive rates. So we are competitive with um, the banks, but the big difference between us and the banks is because we're a specialist funder. We only fund these types of equipment. Um, we can just do it all a lot more quickly. Um, our typical agreement term is between two years and 10 years for a payment plan. Um, I, 
our um, our typical agreement term will sit in that five to seven year range and most customers will see that kind of term as their cash flow positive kind of term. So they'll they'll during the the course of a five to seven year agreement, they'll see uh, they'll be in a cash flow positive position the whole time. Yeah. Um, the so what, kinds of sorry. I was just going to say, and so then so the the, the second option then was the PPA, the power purchase agreement. That's right. So the other option is a, a power purchase agreement, which is it works differently. So at all stages, the equipment is owned and maintained by another entity. Um, so our, our um, power purchase agreement provider. So the way that that works is... So they're, sorry, they're essentially the investor. They're investing in a solar system that just happens exactly. to be on your roof. Yeah. Exactly. So the way that works is... Um, the PPA provider will assess the site, assess your energy needs, and then instead of paying for electricity from the grid, a business will pay for electricity from the solar power generated on the that's that's in the system on their um, on their property. So the PPA provider. Again, zero up front, PPA provider installs the solar at no cost to the business and the and the business buys the power. So they're not buying the solar panels, they're buying the power. So in most cases, typically we replace around 50% of grid sourced energy, but at rates that are up to 50% cheaper than grid energy. So over the, the term of a PPA, a PPA term could be between five and 30 years. They can be uh, structured in, you know, lots of different ways. And um, it's it, that is a cost-saving measure. And um, from an accounting point of view, you know, there's no ownership, there's no um, own, uh, maintenance of the asset. It's, you know, all installation, maintenance, all of that stuff is taken care of. You're just committing to buying the electricity. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that's the difference between those first two and, and the PPA is in the first two, you're, you're sort of getting control of the asset, whereas with the PPA, you're really just buying electricity uh, at a set, depends on the terms, but at a set price for a set period of time. Um, Absolutely. And- and I think the one that often throws people a bit is, yeah, at no point do you get disconnected from the grid. You, 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 your, your connection to your existing retailer is the same. They will continue to bill you for the electricity you've consumed the same. It's just that you're using less grid electricity and you're Absolutely. replacing it with cheaper solar electricity. So it's, it's really, I mean, there are some fixed costs for your grid bill that you can't avoid. Um, but for your consumption, you can. So a a lot of the conversation then comes down to how do you maximise usage of that electricity because it's cheaper, so you want to use as much of that good stuff as you can to to reduce your bill. Well, that comes down to the types of businesses that a PPA best suits. So there will be certain characteristics, uh, you know, type of business or usage characteristics um, that a PPA may work well in and others that it, it just it just won't. So for example, if it's a 
um, if the business is a heavy user of um, daytime electricity, um, so an industrial or a large-scale enterprise that uses power during the day, primarily during the day, um, uh, if it doesn't have a choppy load, if, if it's got a very even um, electricity usage load or profile, then that business could be well suited to a PPA. Um, the other types of businesses that a PPA works really well for are businesses that have some kind of commitment to environmental reporting. So some types of businesses, for example, big food manufacturers or um, uh, producers who have are involved in certain supply chain agreements where they need to, you know, report on their environmental um uh, mo monitor their consumption and, and report for environmental reasons, it can suit really well because a PPA will have it all um, documented and uh, monitored and you have access to all of that. Um, businesses that would be suited more to a payment plan um, would be businesses that operate before or after daylight hours. Um, one example would be say a dairy farm and actually dairy farms um, in terms of the projects that we've funded dairy farms are one of our biggest adopters of a payment plan so ppas don't suit them so well they've got high um, uh, before and after daylight hours needs things like refrigeration which doesn't you know that operates whether the sun's shining or not um, so businesses that have you know, heavy round-the-clock loads, not so great for a PPA. Um, businesses that are seasonal are not very good for a PPA. Mm. Um, so it's it's mainly businesses that have a very, very consistent daytime load and are, say, above that 70-kilowatt kind of range in terms of how much um, they use or would need Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the probably the classic one is residential is not is not strong for PPAs because you tend to have low usage in the middle of the day because you're not at home, and then in the evening you turn the lights on and so it doesn't fit. So I think that's why you don't really see PPAs in the residential space as much. Um, but yeah, they wouldn't suit. They wouldn't suit at all. Um, yeah, they're they're absolutely. I'd say they're they're very much a commercial construct yeah. and yeah. Yeah. for commercial benefit. Yeah, cool. No, I think that's the, that's it's just a good example to sort of make it clear. But in the past, I know for PPAs, things like uh, residential, uh, not residential, retail. So if you've got a, a especially large format retail, if you've got some with a large roof, maybe in a regional area, um, if they turn the lights on at nine and turn them off at five, it's fantastic because that's obviously when the sun's shining. Um, exactly. So lots. Of, so the types of businesses that a, a PPA um, can work really well for are things like shopping centers um so yeah so or supermarket distribution uh, actually distribution center it depends on if they were mainly primarily daytime then they'd be really good um in terms of residential the the way that a ppa can be beneficial is if it's in a a, a multi-tenanted building so a ppa can be structured for solar energy to be shared that is one way that it can work um, for that residential. Would be an embedded network. So, it, yeah. but for residential, yeah, but for a residential standalone house, uh, a PPA um, wouldn't wouldn't really work at all. Doesn't work so much. Um, 
Okay, so I guess I mean that's that's great. I think we're we're sort of nearly out of time, but I think uh, so. Obviously, a lot of what I'm doing as a consultant is 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 doing the first bit to to see if if solar is a good solution, and then secondly, looking at what what a good financial proposition is. But um, so I was, my last question is usually, who is this good for? Who is it not good for? And you've already done a great job of of articulating those. But um, it, yeah, if someone's interested in this, I guess. The first thing they're going to be doing is is looking. At, they've got to understand the size of the investment, and then they've got to go and essentially look at the tax benefits. And the, so, at some point, they're probably talking to their accountant. Um, and I know that with companies, some people just don't want to have debt on the balance sheets. Some people love the idea that they're buying electricity, so it's just another expense, so it doesn't doesn't look painful at all. And some people, maybe actually, one of the great questions I get is, well, why would I? You know, if I've got the capital, why wouldn't I just spend the capital? Um, but and so I'll let you answer that. But the, the the short answer I usually give is because you don't have to. There are other things you could spend your money on that are better. Um, so what absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, as a business owner, I know that I would much rather be investing my capital into growth opportunities. So um, opportunities that can yield a, you know, a positive commercial return for my business. Um, in the case of electricity, it's just a, it's, it's a, um, it's just a cost. It's a drain. It's something that you have to pay. You can't get around it. You need energy from somewhere. Um, if you've got the capital available, it makes much better sense to account for it in stages over time and use your, any capital that you've got um, to invest in in projects that will yield, yield a return for your business rather than – so a, a typical kind of example that I use a lot is a tradie with their vehicle. Um, most tradies I know have a, a vehicle and if they run their business in the way um, that focuses more on, on growth, then they're going to get a financed vehicle. They're not going to spend, you know, their their seventy or eighty thousand dollars on a Ute. They're going to, you know, um, use it to to prop up their business, and then they'll account for it over time. Um, account for that purchase over time. Solar is exactly the same. So yeah. you're you're avoiding you're reallocating um, funds, but you're using your capital um, where they're going to actually mean something for your business and yield a return. Yeah. Look, that's fantastic. Thanks for that. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there, but thanks very much for um, for joining us, Steph. And um, if people have got questions, they can get in touch and uh, we can help them out. Absolutely. There's always a way to structure it so that um, we can we can meet a business's needs. It's um there, there's lots of flexibility that we've got at our that we've got access to. So there's always a solution. Great. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Uh, we'll see you soon. Great. Thanks for having me. No worries.